0: following program is paid programming. The fees expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Better get ready now, go get it, Don't you Face, place. want to do, do anything. Okay, welcome once again to Dunsdeal. This is the place where I do the dealing, and I deal them fairly. So, Boy, oh boy, don't we have a a loaded deck tonight. But I'm not going to be dealing with the uh, local story, not until the second half, because what's going on in the Middle East is historic and will affect us much bigger than the shooting up in Maine. As bad as that is, as tragic as that is, uh, 18 people dead. Dozens wounded. The the uh, perpetrator is still on the large as of the last couple of minutes. Uh, they did find a a uh, letter that he wrote for his son. Boy, I'd hate to be that son. But what's going on in the Middle East can kill thousands upon thousands of Americans. Uh <laughs> We're we're sending a couple thousand troops in there. Uh, it's just starting off with the 900 there, 900, 900, for Syria, 900 for Iraq. You know, just small stuff right now. Except we've got two carrier groups in the in the Mediterranean, which Putin has. Uh, he says it's not a threat, but um, he just says that they're in range for their Kinsal. Missiles, which may or may not be nuclear-tipped. That's two carrier groups. And I believe that an aircraft carrier has about 4,000 people on it. And a carrier group is quite large. You probably have 20 ships around the aircraft carrier to uh, add to its defense because as powerful as the the aircraft are on the aircraft carrier its defenses are not great so you need smaller ships around it but that's just the setup so israel has been uh, been chomping at the bit to go into gaza to go in with ground forces and last week they 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 had to put their attack you know on hold that they have been dropping bombs on on uh Gaza and they told everyone to get out of the the northern half of it but Joe Biden wanted to go there and talk to uh talk to the prime minister there Bibi Netanyahu so they put their plans on hold and it turns out that there was more than just A politician, just the president coming in to talk to Netanyahu, they wanted to put um, air defense systems in Syria to protect our assets there in Syria. And I guess they have been put in place because Israel started uh, going in with the ground troops. As far as I know, but they have... Started their full strike. Okay, well, so we'll start right here. U.S. airplanes, U.S. warplanes conduct major strikes on Iranian proxy in Syria. And this is according to Zero Hedge. That's an update. And the overnight, the, in the early morning hours, Syria, the local time, no, they put um, 10 o'clock last night. U.S. forces carried out airstrikes and what it said are Iran-linked militants and installations in eastern Syria. Multiple targets have been hit. Now, this is the U.S. attacking Syria. We're involved in this war already. According to a statement by Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, today at President Biden's direction, U.S. military forces conducted self-defense strikes on two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, and other groups. The attacks were reportedly done by U.S. warplanes, likely operating out of either the Gulf or the Mediterranean areas, where new U.S. naval assets have recently been positioned keeping a watch on fast-moving events in Gaza. Fox issued the following detailing. <laughs> F-16s and F-15s were used to strike targets in Syria earlier tonight in retaliation for the attacks on the U.S. troops in the region. That's why Lord Austin calls this a defensive uh, maneuver we did here. We are defending or getting retaliation for U.S. troops in Syria. Hmm. Why are we in Syria? Anyhow, earlier in the day, there were reports, though with few details, that U.S. forces in the same northeast region of Syria came under attack, as has been happening in the last several days. The Pentagon had also earlier announced that over a dozen U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have suffered traumatic brain injury, TBI, in the aftermath of drone and rocket attacks on U.S. bases in the region. See, uh, there's a full statement from the Pentagon. Let's see. Anyhow. The United States is also seeking to reassure a region which is clearly at heightened risk for breaking out into a major war that, that does not seek conflict. Let me read that again because I'm a little confused about that. The United States is also seeking to reassure a region which is clearly at heightened risk for breaking out into a major war that it does not seek conflict. I don't know anyone in the Middle East there that doesn't seek conflict. Israel certainly does. Uh, Hamas certainly does. Hezbollah does. And Syria, they they may be reluctant, but they sure as heck know they're going to get drawn in. Uh, uh, Iran's going to get drawn in. This is really going to get serious. Let's see. But the long running military occupation of Syria's oil and gas region suggests otherwise. Long running military occupation. Who's occupying Syria? That wouldn't be the United States, would it? We don't occupy, we don't colonize. Let's see. In the Pentagon's latest move to bolster U.S. defenses. Oh, we're on the defensive. In a foreign country, we're on the defensive. Let's see. In the Middle East against the Iranian threat. Given the increased instances of Tehran proxies attacking U.S. troop installations in Iraq and Syria over the last week, Some 900 more American soldiers have been, uh, well, will be dispatched to the region. Hmm, that should probably read 900 more uh, pieces of cannon fodder have been moved there. Sorry if you have, you know, soldiers or sailors there in the Middle East, but they are cannon fodder. They are put there. As a tripwire for a greater war. You attack our guys, we attack yours. Yeah. What are we defending? Are we defending Israel? Are we defending oil in uh, Syria? Are we defending, I don't know, the status quo there? Let's see. A CBS correspondent has cited Pentagon Press Secretary General Patrick Ryder, who says the 900 U.S. troops have been deployed or are in the process of deploying to bolster military defense in CENTCOM's East region of operations. So we have regular operations there in the Middle East. Now, A place, in case you didn't know, that is not within our country. Uh, Are there going to be 900 soldiers sent down to the U.S. border down in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico to stop the invasion going on? No! But we've got almost 1,000 troops to send into the Middle East. A place that's been at war for one, two, three... Like 5,000 years? Yeah, that's a, that's a smart move. Real smart. Oh, and if if we're there to protect oil, yeah, we've got plenty of our own. Oh, by the way, I forgot to remind you people. No calls until 630. I know it's a hot topic. Everyone's got something to say about it. But uh, let me get my piece in and I'll let you get yours in. Let's see. The CBS uh, reporter noted that this comes as Iranian-backed groups continue to attack U.S. military in Iraq and Syria. Hmm, Fears are growing that a major IDF push into the Gaza Strip would unleash broader retaliation strikes on U.S. bases in the region. This could include Hezbollah, which operates in both Lebanon and Syria. Isn't that interesting? Because Iran said that they would get involved in the war if we attack Hezbollah. Hmm. Israel's preparation strikes uh, for the next stage of war, according to its officials, have continued to grow in intensity. Iran has become more vocal in its threats against Israel. In response to the soaring death toll in Gaza, which has surpassed 7,000 Gazans killed. Prime Minister Netanyahu has at the same time announced thousands of terrorists have been eliminated by the Israel Defense Forces. Israel has further said it took out three top Hamas commanders in the last several hours. Yeah. Considering that Hamas is a guerrilla outfit, their commanders are probably very replaceable. I'm, I am sure that they've got a very deep bench. And you take out one commander, the next guy in line just moves in. Take take both of those out, the third in line is going to be in there. Take all three of them out, the number four is going to get in there. Let's see. Oh, this is some, some nice rhetoric here. On Thursday, Hossein Salami, the commander in chief of Iran's elite Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, I, see, warned that if Israel sends ground forces into the Strip, the IDF will be buried. He stated if the Zionists launch a ground attack in Gaza, they will be buried. If the enemies think that the Muslims will watch these crimes from the sidelines, they are gravely mistaken, according to a translation in the regional media. He also aimed the comments at Washington, saying the U.S. will be buried by the fire they lit. If the evil people of the world want to carry out a foolish act such as invading the Palestinian territories, they will face a miserable failure and receive... A decisive response from the resistance front. Oh, and this is about the aircraft carriers. The U.S. has already parked one carrier strike group in the waters off of Israel, with another en route, and has been repeatedly warning Tehran not to get involved. National Security spokesman John Kirby this week said that the U.S. administration stands ready to mount. A decisive response if I ran or its proxies attack U.S. bases. This is blowing my mind, people. We are heading to World War III. Let's see. I need to look at this one next. This is a story by Zero Hedge. I believe that was, that was a Zero Hedge article as well. This article here: Middle East defense alliances could create a domino effect similar to World War One. Hmm. I've mentioned that a couple of times because I wrote about that in my book, The United States of Empire. Oh, by the way, we are an empire on the level of Great Britain, the United Kingdom, in 1900. And you'll notice after World War 1 Great Britain wasn't great anymore. They needed our help to pull them out of the fire. Anyhow, the war between the Israelis and the Palestinians is not ultimately about terrorism or biblical disagreements. It is about a structure of defense pacts and alliances that are just waiting to be tested anyone who has studied the history of the 20th century is familiar with the tragic series of confluences and coincidences that triggered a domino effect of military alliances leading to world war one sure everyone is aware world war one began in a small state of of serbia that was part of the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire, and Serbia wanted its independence. They killed the Archduke of Ferdinand of, of Austria, and uh, Austria went in to punish them. And it turned out Serbia had uh, just as good a punch as the, as the Aust- Austrians. I was going to say the Australians. As the Austrians had. And they gave Austria a bloody nose. Well, Austria had, had Prussia, Germany, as, as a backup. <laughs> the Kaiser said, we've got your back. Go ahead in, carte blanche. But the Serbians had Russia as backup. And Russia had France as their backup. So a tiny little skirmish over an assassination between, uh, you know, not even two rival states, a a subservient state, a formerly subservient state to Austria. They had an assassination of beef. And that started the war between Austria and Serbia, which the dominoes all fell because Russia came in. And then Prussia came in, and Prussia is Germany. then France came in, and Britain came in after that to keep a balance of power on the European continent. And Prussia slash Germany, and (laughs) dragging Austria along with it, were winning the war for three years until the United States came in. Okay all old news. Let's get to the current stuff. Uh, let's see. So it got started with a, with a, a minor incident, not a minor. It was assassinated, so it was pretty big stuff. But in a minor corner of, of the world. Just like this is starting in uh, I don't know if you can call Israel a minor corner of the world, but in a small section of, of the world. Let's put it that way. And so anyhow, unfortunately, a similar set of circumstances, going back to Zero Hedge, exists today in the Middle East with many mainstream analysts finally realizing the dangers that alternative analysts have been warning about for years. The war between the Israelis and the Palestinians is not ultimately about terrorism, biblical agreements, disagreements. It is about a structure of defense pacts and alliances that are waiting to be tested. Oh, I think they're going to get tested big time. The situation is rooted in archaic tribal disagreements that date back thousands of years, to be sure. Both sides think that they are the chosen people anointed by heaven, which is why Western nations have no business getting involved. Uh, I agree with that totally. It's too bad we just can't let Israel and Gaza duke it out. Uh, Gaza would probably lose in that situation the way that Ukraine is losing to Russia. Oh, by the way, have you heard anything about Ukraine lately? Hmm. Strangely, that's out of the news. It's, that's yesterday. This is today's war. The situation is... Um, oh, they're repeating that. I got that sentence there. Let's see. Okay, it's a mess that the West can only make worse. I agree with that. That said, this ancient division is merely a useful linchpin that can be exploited by malicious parties to ignite a global disaster. You think? Uh, Iran has been mentioned numerous times in the press, says Zero Hedge. Let's see. Let's start that again. Iran has been mentioned numerous in numerous press discussions by U.S. and Israeli officials as a primary influence behind the Hamas attacks on Israel settlements on October 7th, though no concrete evidence or intel has yet been provided. Uh, I believe that that Israel slash Netanyahu slash who's ever behind Netanyahu allowed the attack to take place because they have the best you know, spy structure, the best intelligence gathering group. They even have um, human intelligence operatives in Hamas. So they, they know what was going on. Uh, How come they didn't stop the attack? Because they want an excuse to go into Gaza, which is going to cause a wider war so that it draws Iran in. And then Israel, with the help of the United States, can bomb the living daylights out of Iran, hit their nuclear facilities, hit the refineries. And destroy Iran, maybe put a new Shah in. Oh, by the way, before the uh, Ayatollahs were in charge of Iran, we had uh, the Shah there. I say we, because he was a puppet ruler that the CIA had put in place. He was our guy there in Iran, and uh, he ran it pretty well, <laughs> except that you know, he had a kill, and, and uh, he had He had quite the spying apparatus to keep his people in check. Because no one in Iran really wanted the Shah. It was just the United States wanted him in there. But we'll go into that. But we've been involved in Iranian politics since that happened. I believe that was in 1953. But I could be mistaken about that. Anyhow, most people are familiar with the alliance uh, between Israel and the U.S., but few understand the importance of Iran's many defense connections—not connections to us, but their connections. The relationship between Iran and Lebanon is ex- is an extensive debate, but the consensus in the strategic analysis community is that Iran runs Lebanon from behind the curtain, and Lebanon is just north of. Israel and Hamas, not Hamas, Hezbollah is stationed there. The real situation is much more complicated. There are multiple factions within Lebanon vying for power over the national government in the wake of a presidential vacuum. And there has been talk of a possible civil war. Both Iran and China have been engaged in diplomatic efforts to ease tensions in the region. China recently brokered a, an agreement between Iran and Saudi Arabia, which is expected to de-escalate a number of issues in the Middle East. And this was supposed to have a trickle-down effect in Lebanon. Iran has also stepped in on a number of occasions to mediate disagreements within Lebanon in an effort to secure an election. Boy, is it, that sounds good, huh? The Israeli-Palestinian war may have just thrown all these plans into disarray. Or they might expedite agreements and force a consolidation. What is not in question is Iran's military relationship with Lebanon. If Lebanon and Hezbollah get into a war with Israel, they will will receive extensive support from Iran if not direct military intervention. Iran and Syria signed a mutual defense contract in 2006, and there are questions of how this alliance would develop in light of U.S. troop presence in Syria. Anyhow, let me try to sum up this article. It goes into further depth. Um, China is replacing the United States as uh, the big dog in the neighborhood, as the hegemon. Ten dollar word you can use the next time you play Scrabble. Uh China is, is making deals with Iran, with, with Lebanon and um, what were the other places? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, they were replacing us. They are replacing us there. And this could lead to a huge, huge world war. Oil prices jump more than 2% as fighting in the Middle East intensifies. This is from Yahoo Finance. Oil jumped as much as 3% today after the Israeli army said it would expand its ground operation into Gaza. Jamie Dimon from um, uh, from <laughs> Jamie Dimon and uh, J.P. Morgan. Thank you. He said that the price of a barrel of oil could go to $150 during this war. It is right now, it's below $90. It's 83-something, I think. So that would be, okay, that'd be double what we're paying for a barrel of oil right now. So roughly it's $365, a double that price, and that would put gas at about uh, it's um, almost $7 a gallon. You ready for that? You ready to pay $7 a gallon? Hmm. Let's see. I've, and I've heard other estimates saying that it'd go to 200 but I don't know about that. It did go to 120 during the, the first instances of Russia going into Ukraine. Um. And we are going to get sucked into this war. Like I said, we've got two aircraft carrier groups there. Oh, what's this? Hmm. This is an interesting piece here. The great rule of conduct for us in regard to foreign nations is extending our commercial relations to have with them as little political connections as possible. So far, we have already formed engagements. Let them be fulfilled with perfect good faith. Here, let us stop. I think that was George Washington, President George Washington. I believe that's what he said about getting involved in foreign politics, getting involved in foreign wars. Pretty smart guy, huh? Pretty smart guy. But we do not have politicians that are that smart. Especially not the commander in chief. And oh boy, I forgot to I forgot to do my intro. So I'll have to do that in the second part of the show. It's already six thirty four, so let me take a break here and I will be back for more. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Phillips War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass., was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island, was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church. In the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Okay, that cut goes out to Owen Schroyer, a journalist for InfoWars that's spending the next 60 days in the hole, the next 60 days in jail for speaking, for talking. And he said something that the government didn't like. Anyhow, I've got a caller, so let's get to them. Okay, caller, what's on your mind?
1: What's up, James? How are you?
0: I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm decent. What do you think about what do you hey, think about all this stuff going on in the Middle East?
1: Colonel Douglas McGregor talking to Tucker Carlson saying that USA Special Forces went in into Gaza to do a reconnaissance mission with Israeli special ops and they took heavy losses.
0: Yeah, I heard or that uh just got injured. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and the media's not reporting it. Well, there want to was Douglas McGregor's been right on Ukraine so far. This is what he's claiming. Oh, he's former military. Yeah. Retired.
0: I know. I, I've been hearing a lot of stuff from uh you know, like former military people and this this is not looking good. But um uh, there well,
1: yeah, we bombed two places up in Syria after Israel bombed two of their airports, huh?
0: Yeah. Twice. Uh i you know, at least one of them got hit twice. Um, yeah, I mean, all those stories I was reading was about how the United States is is doing defensive actions. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yep. When you're occupying a foreign country, you're on the <laughs> offense. <laughs> you're, okay, you're yeah, defending your people there, but they have offended that foreign country by placing their troops. Their, your troops in their country just like we objected to having british troops in uh, the colonies you know these people are objecting to us colonizing their countries
1: precisely why can't more us citizens understand that basic truth that you just spit out it's unbelievable i wonder how many people future- in the sand it is
0: is occupying the american brain I wonder how many people know about World War One. Yeah. Not, Every, everyone's seen, you know, the World War Two movies, all the John Wayne movies and and stuff, but um you know, they there's no understanding and No, no. You get fed a
1: bunch of lies. It'd be nice if they staged the war and nobody showed up. That'd be sweet.
0: That's the thing that but I don't see ske- that
1: happening, unfortunately.
0: That scares me because as soon as we go to full fledged war, all the people that are in the streets, you know, uh, protesting for Israel, they're going to be signing up to go go to war, wherever, you know. Um, and then the I, people on the pa- who are shouting for Palestine—I don't know who they're going to join up with: Hezbollah, Hamas. Uh, I
1: China. think these all these. I think all these protests that you're seeing, there was never any protests about Libya, about Iraq, maybe some here. But there's a whole mess of protests. I think they're all staged. And if you notice, the pro-Palestine side is, um, is appearing a little bit batty. So I think this is all done on purpose. And these are staged theatrics to brainwash American citizens into thinking that this is the next big true fight for freedom. Go die for Israel. Yeah, it, I the don't know. they're all staged, man. It's theater. It's theater. They
0: may be staged, but they're being staged all over the country, and they're being staged exactly. with military-aged people, men and women. And what's going to happen when we're in a full-fledged war with with uh, you know with with Israel, with Iran, over what Israel is doing? And plus, we've got the aircraft carriers there. What if Russia gets lucky with one of those Kinzhal missiles and takes out an aircraft carrier? I don't say that. Well, what if some rogue group
1: could. attacks and it gets blamed on Iran-backed proxies? That's the new word: Iran-backed proxies. Who did that? Iran-backed proxies. What was Elvis's last album? Iran-backed proxies. That's <laughs> all I'm hearing. Well, Israel can say where, where we're headed.
0: Israel is a U.S.-backed proxy. You know?
1: Yes, it should be the 51st state. We should really put 51 stars on the flag and make Israel the 51st state.
0: Yeah, well, they already have plenty of uh, senators and, and representatives that are getting money from them. And, and... Like, Patrick, you yeah. can't. Biden's used to call cabinet them, has a lot is of dual Israeli
1: comment? citizens in his cabinet. You know that?
0: Israeli citizens? So,
1: who are they really defending?
0: Uh, wait a minute, are you saying Biden has Israeli citizens in his cabinet?
1: Dual American um, Yep, the Secretary uh, the not. two top people at the State Department, the National Intelligence Director, the Attorney General. A few. A few. Yeah. You wonder whose side. That's why when Janet Yellen says, We can afford these two wars, she's right, her banker buddies can afford it, but then they'll saddle the US with the debt. Well that's keep printing those Federal Reserve notes. Disguised as dollars,
0: the dollar will
1: keep getting more debt, more
0: debt. The dollar is crashing, and they need a war to cover up their their financial fiasco. You know, they've got to they've got to expand the monetary basis, in other words, print more money. Have an excuse for printing more money. They're going to do it either way, but if they have a war, then they can blame the inflation on on um, on Iran or on. Hamas or on Russia yep. or on China. <laughs> but that's wh- that's one of the big secrets. <laughs> uh, the Fed is pushing for us to get into a war. And so are the other yep. central banks. They need a war to cover their their um, their crimes. To put the smoke screen up, precisely. Yeah,
1: they- How they'll lay down a smoke screen. Unbelievable. Yes, Hi right, James, I'll talk to you about the peace.
0: <laughs> okay, peace. Later. Yep. Yeah, that's the real dirty secret behind all of this. The Federal Reserve needs a war to cover their crimes, to cover up how they've been inflating the dollar. <laughs> because when there's a war, you have to spend money. That's why they say oil will go to $150, if not more. Because you need, well, you need oil to run all the ships and and all the tanks and everything, and that'll cause demand, even though we're going to go into a recession. With or without the war, we are going into a recession. I don't care what Janet Yellen says. She's full of it. But if you have a war, you expand. Uh, you, you you expand your manufacturing because you need to build more tanks. You need more artillery shells. You you need more bullets. You need more guns. And we'll <laughs> our manufacturing sector may not be really strong anymore. Not like it was in World War Two. But this will be the perfect excuse to build up the the machinery, the factories. To make everything that we need for the war. Which will put people back to work at probably high-paying jobs. And everything, the cost of living, will expand with the inflation of the dollar. Uh, (laughs) This is very diabolical, you know? I mean, we could cut back on government spending we could use diplomacy here even at this late date we could tell israel we're not going to back you up we're not going to give you any money for your military uh, maneuvers uh, your your military at all and we want you to go to uh, you know to the negotiation table right now but that's not going to happen the Biden administration is not concerned with negotiations. They're not concerned with bringing peace to the Middle East. They want a war, and they're probably going to get their war. I mean, I, I pray all the time for uh, for no war, for it to be diffused. But there are people working for Satan. Uh, And no, I'm not the church lady. They're working for Satan. And Satan loves war. And he's going to make sure that that his puppets get it. So. What a nice day, huh? I have such fun stuff. Such fun times. But... uh, and uh, like I said, I led in with that cut from uh, uh, Humble Pie, early 70s tune, dedicated it to Owen Schroyer. And he's from InfoWars, and they have definitely been against this war for a long time, been trying to warn people about it. And that's one of the reasons why he's in jail right now, is because he was speaking against the government. Actually he was speaking against uh, the stolen election it was an even wartime propaganda. The wartime propaganda that this administration is putting out. Like Lloyd Austin saying that we are taking defensive measures here. No, you're not. When you're occupying, when you're colonizing a foreign country you're not on the defense. You're on the offense. Now, are you defending your, your base? Are you defending your planes and your pilots? Yeah, you are. But you are offensive. And we have bases. In, we have like 700 bases in multiple countries. That's why I keep on saying that we are an empire. We're on. A, we're an empire on the level of Great Britain in 19. When did that war start? 1914. And we're going to go the way that all empires go. We're going to get in too many wars. We're going to spread ourselves too thin. Uh, we're going to we're, <laughs> we're going to raise taxes to the point where the people can't handle it. And no, the ta- we're not. Taxing the, our ourselves, you know, the normal way by raising the the amount of tax you have to pay. Inflation is a tax. You are paying more for everything, and of course, there's more. Uh, <laughs> there's there's more money coming in because you're paying a higher price, <laughs> so the taxes go up. But the real problem is the problem for us the taxpayer is our money becomes worth less and less and less which means everything gets more expensive more and more and more and there will be a time when there's a revolution and if not we'll just collapse um Oh, there's one thing about the shooting up in Maine. I mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of the show. 18 people are dead. Well, we'll have 18,000 dead or 180,000 dead uh, with this war that's starting up. That's why I consider it more important. But... And another reason is that the shooting came... After the, the tragedy there in Israel, whoever, whether Hamas got really, really sneaky or whether Israel dropped their guard in order to sucker them in, whichever way it goes. It used to be that in Israel you could have weapons because you lived so close to an enemy that wants to attack you. They they outlawed weapons, and I'm talking military weapons. I'm talking you know your, your, your AK, uh, your AKs. I'm talking uh, you know uh, automatic weapons, the best that military can uh, can give you for an individual. They took that that ability away from their people. They were unarmed. If those people had been armed. Very few of the Israelis would have died. Um, that concert may have taken the brunt of it, which it still did, but it was a peace concert. It was people that would just, peace, live, dove, oh, all well, the world is good. We can just live in harmony. That's not the way the world works. And any attempt to have banned uh, the Second Amendment or ban any parts of it, ban Americans from from holding uh, weapons, arms, weapons, all, you, uh, all the pro-Second Amendment people would have to do is point over. To, look at Israel. Look at what happened to those people when they didn't have weapons to defend themselves. And the cops, the <laughs> Israeli Defense Force was not there to protect them. They needed individual arms, but they didn't have them. Americans do. And no, I know it was a tragedy what happened up in Maine, but that's no reason to make us sing ducks because Joe Biden has allowed millions to invade our land and some of them are hamas some of them are hezbollah some of them are just cartels that that want to uh you know bring drugs with them and kill people you know with fentanyl or whatever joe biden has unleashed an uh, an invasion force and so we need those weapons you think i'm crazy saying that Look at what happened over in Israel to those people that didn't have weapons, and there were the people at the concert going, "Oh peace, love, love, we don't need weapons, we just need love oh, all I need is love wah, 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 wah. you know that that uh, song that the Beatles did. What happens when an invading force comes into that concert and starts mowing. People down and starts raping the women, and no one there has a gun. Need I say more? I probably do, but I'm running low on time. So I've got a light story here somewhere. Uh oh, I probably just buried it. Nope, that's not the light one. That's about the aircraft couriers. Oh, <laughs> it's just kind of light, but that's only because I've got a I've got a sick sense of humor. Students ask elite university to send them to Gaza so they can grieve properly. Oh, yeah. You'll do really good there. (laughs) Let's see. It must be in this other pile. Oh, I brought them just for this, and now I can't find it. I've got too many things here, and I can't find the light stuff. Maybe there are no light stories. Hmm, Could that be the reason why I can't find it? Oil prices jump. Okay, that's not too light. Let's see if it's bottom of this pile. Joe Biden is not the president. Oh, I forgot about that. Joe Biden is not the president. He is not the commander in chief. He is the thief in chief. He is a pretender to the throne, always looking for his crown. He is the cellar dweller. He lives with the rats and moles. He is the king of crappers, who will change his pants. He is Dementia Don, wandering around aimlessly. He is your highness of hair sniffers. Keep him away from your daughter. He is the boss of bribery. He knows how to take the money and where to hide it. He is the founder of Brandon Falls everywhere he goes. And he is the leader of the warmongers. A finer, more gallant warrior has never been. I found one one of my light stuff. Oh, here's the other one. This is really good. Woman wishes there were some kind of job that would let her work from home and do stuff she enjoys, like baking, sewing, hanging out with her kids. Hmm. Could there be anything like that? Oh, by the way, this is from the Babylon Bee. Cincinnati, Ohio. A local woman has expressed frustration with the current eight to five job as a category buyer at Kroger Corporate Headquarters, noting that it sure would be nice if there were some kind of job where she could work from home, do stuff she enjoys like baking, sewing or taking care of babies. That sure would be nice. The wistful young woman says as her eyes drift up from her work for a moment, earning her a formal write up from her management. Oh, well. There are literally no other life choices I could have made. The woman who asked to remain anonymous so her employer wouldn't think she was unhappy in any way and therefore not consider her for a promotion to the lucrative position of category buyer too. excuse me, said she was grateful for the opportunity to study spreadsheets all day and purchase equipment for her corporate overlords to save them a few pennies. Instead of spending all her time at home doing things that made her feel fulfilled. My job is important, probably. So I guess I shouldn't be complaining. It would just be kind of cool if taking care of the house could be my job, since I have to do it anyhow. Instead, I'll just keep climbing the corporate ladder while giving half the effort at home. Because I don't have any energy or time because of work. So maybe that's where we'll find it. But I got to go. God bless you. Stay away from wars. Have a good weekend.
1: listening to dunn's deal with author james dunn join james every friday at 605 for a unique perspective on today's issues but for now this is a dunn deal only on your voice in the blackstone valley wnri one socket